Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pinter with me, Jono. And me, Gaz. We're two mates who love discussing all things sport, although perhaps not as much this week, but we'll, oh, we'll get to that. I disagree, Andrew. <laughs> disagree. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find us on social media, uh, on Twitter and Facebook at Pinter2. Um, yeah, please, uh, and please leave a review for us on iTunes or wherever you get your pods. Uh, they do help. Um, and yeah, please contact us with uh, any questions or thoughts you may have. Always appreciated. Uh, so, go at the end of the Six Nations this weekend is the only place to start, really. Mm. Unfortunately, um, Wales complete the Grand Slam in, in very dominant fashion. To be fair, um, I'll, I'll say this and get out of the way. Well done um, <laughs> for a great tournament. Um, this is painful. Uh, I still will remember bits in the England game and think what might have been, but they weren't. Uh, you did the business uh, in well your most impressive performance of the tournament. I'd probably say. Mm. Um, Absolute dominated Ireland. Um, so, well done for the Grand Slam. But you've got to ask a question now with it just being about six months off for the World Cup. Um, can you go better than ever before? Are you best ever as a semi final? Can can Wales finally reach the height of a final and perhaps even further? Yes, I think yes, we can. Um, I, do, I, th- I think Six Nations, we went into it and it looked like Ireland were going to be the dominant, dominant team. Um, England. Had recovered from their poor um, sort of 2018. They'd recovered in a little bit in the autumns and looked like they could be a, a contender. Um, and yeah, we've we've come through that with with flying colours. We're on 14 games unbeaten run. Uh, we've not at times played the prettiest rugby um, in that we've just concentrated a lot on defence and um, been very solid. Um, and yeah, what, what I think. With Gatland and his team, we've got a, a coach who knows how to uh, win games. He's one of the best in the world. And, yeah, I don't see why we can't um, challenge. I mean, I suppose we've now beaten everyone over that 14-game run, 14 game run. We've beaten everyone in the top ten other than New Zealand. Um, New Zealand would be the, the big obstacle to, uh, to any um, World Cup win. But, um, yeah, I suppose those obstacles have got to be there to overcome, aren't they? Of course, uh, a couple of points that you said there. You uh, said about not playing the prettiest rugby. I did notice on uh, Saturday a very effective Wales of uh, getting penalties in the opposition half and kicking them over. Um, yeah, I feel like I used to hear a lot, a lot of Welshmen moan about this when uh, England used to do it when we were at our most dominant. Uh, yep. in the uh, sort of turn of the century, turn, turn of the millennium, even and uh, to the uh, two thousand and three. Yeah, but it seems, yeah, seems you weren't moaning when you were doing it yourself. Well, let's let, let's get it right. We got a try inside the first two minutes, um, so we'd already uh, already done something England didn't do, used to do. Um, but yeah, no, and, and you're right. We've historically Wales have always been a bit daft um, in that, and we've concentrated. No, I don't mean this to be the daft bit, but we we have concentrated. We've been an attacking team, uh, concentrating on getting the backs running. Um, and almost there's been a bit of a, a mindset change in the last six months to a year really I know we've always had a decent defence under under Sean Edwards but it seems to be um, the you shall not pass <laughs> seems to have been the, the motto without using the uh, the Warren ball of using big lumps to charge through it's it's been very clever defending um, and that's given us a platform to to do a bit of uh, a bit of attacking but yeah nowhere near as much as we uh, we used to Um so yeah, so I think there has been a, a bit of a mindset change um, or a tactics change, 
Um, but still, yeah, we, we started off in, inside two minutes scoring a, a lovely bit of try and Gareth Anson, who uh, I've given a bit of stick to because I didn't think he's um, been performing, uh, showed why he's there in, in terms of his creative uh, prowess and, and even his kicking. Uh, I wasn't confident in, in his kicking, but he, he nailed pretty much everything on, uh, on Saturday. So uh, what you're saying is just um, correct is that ironically you have forgotten the land of your fathers and you don't believe in attacking where rugby that your uh, forefathers foretold and played and you're now playing entirely different uh, type of rugby. No, I don't think entirely different. I think, uh, as I say, I don't think we're as... Um, perhaps to do with the personnel, um, but I don't think we're as, uh, as attacking as what we have been in the past. Um, but yeah, certainly setting up that, that firm foundation um, of defence... Um, I mean, Hadley Parks inside the first ten minutes kind of kind of summed up um, Wales quite well. I think in this tournament he scored a scored a moment of uh, scored a cracking try, which a lot of Wales Wales's tries over this uh, tournament have been um, just yeah just really good tries, but usually a moment of uh, of skill. Um, there's not been many, if any, I don't think of drives over the line. Uh, they've all been um, opened up by the backs. Uh, so he scored a lovely try, and then. Two minutes later, he uh, does a, a superb tackle on Stockdale, um, and Stockdale was was through on uh, through to the try line, and um, yeah, just showed uh, the defensive qualities of uh, of the Welsh team as well. Okay, yeah, well, to, to relate that back to your World Cup point, you're you're undoubtedly uh, good defensively. Um, yeah, you've, you've been in defence of the tournament. It looks incredibly well drilled. Um, I, I didn't think the Irish were the, the most challenging opposition, um, but you, you, you've done it all tournament. Um, and yeah, I thought the Ireland well, were uncharacteristically poor, and some of that was the pressure you put on them. But yeah, I just thought Sexton and Murray were kicked awfully, and, and just uh, Sexton himself had one of the worst games I've seen him for, mm. for many a year. Looked a bit like the young Sexton. Um, so his, his head just popped. Didn't but, it? Uh, I mean, it reminded me of Farrell, really. But um, yeah, his head just popped and. He, he kicked them. What he well, he kicked down the full. He kicked out from kickoff. Um, he was throwing the ball. And, um, he was passing into nobody. Um, he was giving penalties away. He, he was just uh, just seemed to be all over the place. Yeah, he he was awful. Um, but well, we'll come back to Ireland. But uh, yeah, you you you're undoubtedly very hard to beat. Um, but you, all right, you put Ireland away well. That was probably the only real game you've you. You gave someone a bit of a kick in. Um, is the worry then more, or I'd probably be slightly worried as a Welshman, is that you don't seem to batter teams, and while your defence is very good, um, it's a big thing to hang your hat on, and it only takes a, a freak moment rather than even just a, or a moment of magic, and then you could be taken apart and knocked out in a knockout game. Uh, if you want to see a good example of that, see uh, see Wales v England, the last World Cup. Um, you know you can you can dominate a game for an hour, but if you don't quite put a team away. Um, as as you haven't for most of the Six Nations you did against Ireland and you did it well um, are you keeping teams in the games because uh, you your attack still isn't really I'm still not sure your attack has a coherent idea or shape but I don't think that's I don't think putting teams away uh, when we've been on top has been our issue um, I, I don't we've not been on top I mean look at the fr- first game France blew us away uh, we had to come chasing back uh, second game was Italy where we Put out a week, a week, well, a separate side, and um, yeah, weren't didn't flatter. Well, didn't play that particularly well um, then. 
the England game, it was dominated mostly by England, but we came away and um, certainly the last half an hour came away with the uh, with the win and, and turned on turned on the performance. Um, Scotland was perhaps the only one where we've kind of raced into a lead and um, probably should have capitalised on a bit further, but then just relied on our um, our defensive uh, performance. Although clearly Scotland in second halves have uh, got a bit about them, haven't they, Andrew? Um, and yeah, and then I think, uh, and then Saturday we we just kept kept the scoreboard ticking over and and yeah, I think we did we finished off Ireland without without putting loads of pressure on Ireland because you know Ireland are a good team and they came back at us. Um, to be honest, I, my my more of a worry as a Welshman about the World Cup was would be that because um, you know we've done that over fourteen games now where we've you know it's not just a flash in the pan where we've got a bit lucky and. Um, Come through two or three games, you know. We've been consistent in our um, ability to grind out results. Um, perhaps not always the the best performance, but we we get the win, and that and that's you know the big W is what matters, isn't it? Um, but I think the bigger worry would be most of the impressive performances um, from Wales have come under um, at home and in front of seventy five thousand screaming Welsh fans. Brilliant atmosphere, um, sometimes created by the the shut roof, um, but not all. Well, as, as Saturday, not always. And you know that that um, cauldron of noise that has, that has caused England to crumble and Ireland to crumble this weekend. We're not going to have that in Japan. Um, that would be that would be my my bigger concern. It'd be how we react to um, yeah to not having. I suppose the the vocal support that we've we've. Uh, We've enjoyed in the in the bigger games over this this fourteen game run. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I think that's a slightly romantic view of, of what it does, but it yeah, undoubtedly helps you in the new stadium. Uh, and fair point that you have come back well in games. But again, I suppose same point on if you can't put in teams away, is that not a quite a tight rope a tight rope to walk that you always assume you can come back in a game? And you've done it well for a while, but. But then that's what New Zealand do, isn't it? They they've always we've said it for years and years. They they never know when they're beat. They've always they always tend to you know you often or we I always just used to say oh we did really well for sixty minutes and we were close and you think and then the Hanson say after games yeah but it's not a sixty minute game it's an eighty minute game. Um, New Zealand know how to how to get the win no matter who they're playing or how they're playing. Um, I know they've had a couple of blips against Ireland, but, but other than that, they know how to get the win. They do, but they've, they've been doing that um, since time immemorial, really. Mm. <laughs> Apart from the occasional bad World Cup performance, you've been doing it for 18 months. Yeah. Um, it, it just strikes me as a slightly higher strategy, and I suppose what you'd want to see develop, and you haven't got loads of time for it now, is perhaps a bit more of an att- a coherent attacking game plan. Your defence is, is undoubtedly good. Um, I'd... Still have some worries about some of your forwards, um, but I think Falatel coming back will certainly mm. be, be a good multiplier effect. I wonder, your line-out was, was good on Saturday, and your scrum was really good, scrum mm. was best I've seen in a long while, but I, I still wonder about your front row. Um, Alan wins, obviously, a colossus, um, and you know if he wants to get injured before the World Cup, no no issue with me. Um, but, <laughs> well, he was injured in the fit, in the um, second minute on Saturday, but uh, well, yeah, it's quite funny, he had George North going off because he broke his nail or something. And uh, you had Alan Wynn, who's lying on the floor. You thought, "Oh dear, this could be this could be trouble." And then he puts in, well, close to a man of the match performance. 
he's uh, he's just just amazing. He is, um, and yeah, he'll um, yeah be the back backbone of any side you take. I'd still worry a bit about your front row and and yeah them to your your attacking strategy really. Uh, I think Falatau will be a, a, a yeah. I don't think you've your game line work's not always been the best, but but Falatau probably help with that. Uh, assuming he's back fit, mm. um, and then yeah, you just you you you're undoubtedly a very um, you've got a very high floor your side. You, you're your bare minimum would be would be enough to beat most sides, and I think you should certainly be backing yourselves to beat Australia in the groups, mm. which means you get whoever comes second in our group. So hopefully France or Argentina, mm. um, and then you then you into a semi final, and then you you really talk it. Yep. Um, and um, so there, there should be no reason why. I just wonder at the very highest level will will that strategy perhaps come undone a bit, and and could it? Um, could it be a downfall? In fact, that you're probably not going to be a side that regularly scores 25, 30 points uh, in in a game like that. But I guess if you, if you if you if you know what you're good at, which is defending uh, like demons, having a very good defensive system, uh, do what you do well. I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the point, the last point out of my mouth. I was going to say when you defend like that, it doesn't it doesn't matter that you're not getting 30 points. Um, the, I suppose, that, and that is the the sort of um, slight downside of this tournament is that Anscombe hasn't looked like he can control the the backs, hasn't set up the attacks that we um, something well that he hasn't offered something different that Dan Bigger hasn't offered. Um, so Bigger's very telegraphed up and under, um, you know, and works a lot of the time. He's 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 masterful in the air, um, but. And, and you know, clearly his crossfield kicking um, that proved uh, for good for Josh Adams. But yeah, Anscombe was there to, to kind of help unlock um, the backs, really get Jonathan Davis um, on the ball, and um, yeah, hopefully get some combinations with Hadley Parks and, and show some real at- attacking flair. And we haven't really had that with Anscombe. Like I say, he, he did well on on Saturday, um, and maybe that's one disappointment from um, from a Welsh point of view. Um, and yeah, maybe we will come up, come unstuck away one day. Our defence just isn't isn't working, and then neither is our attack, and that's where we falter. Um, but yeah, it's a, a game a bit like Six Nations. World Cups are like are on built on momentum, aren't they? And, uh, there's no team um, around. Well, probably other than New Zealand, who have got such a momentum as, as Wales at the moment. And, yeah, unless there's some drastic changes to to injuries, Alan Wynne Jones would be the key one. Um, yeah, the front five we still got Samson Lee um, there or thereabouts. Um, we we put that's probably our weakest area really is is, uh, is front row. Um, in terms of if we did that lose personnel, uh, Ken Owens is a although we need to improve his line outs. He's a, he's a colossus. He's, a, he's he's around the park. He's just fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just really exciting to be a Welshman. <laughs> I'm sure, and like I say, well done. I think I suppose yeah. The, just one other point you made that I forgot to say. You know, um, your point about being at home. Yes, obviously great in front of the crowd, and you definitely are. It is a great stadium. But your point about uh, being away, Japan will be different conditions, won't it? And that may be presumably be quite a bit hotter, uh, encourage a bit more free flow and rugby. Maybe it might be as easy as to spread that line out as as in a cold. Um, a cold wet night like uh, on Saturday mm. against or a cold wet afternoon sorry against Ireland maybe it won't be as easy but uh, and on that, um, sorry, just on that it, it didn't need to be cold and wet I, I don't I don't understand why 
we we've got a roof. Why we can't just close it? I know Ireland. Uh, both, sides, up, don't they? both sides need to agree, don't they? Yeah, yeah. but but, that's, um, but but it was just point. It was just ridiculous. We end up playing the game in monsoon conditions. In in Britain's in a weather warning. Storm Gareth, um, very well named, um, is uh, is causing havoc. And instead of closing the roof, we leave it open because Ireland says so. I think that's just nuts. Uh, yeah, I suppose, but I mean, then should all stadiums have roof options well, uh, if you want to make it? Cause why why not build it? <laughs> yeah. if, if, you, if you had a, if Wembley had a stadium or Twickers had a, the, the roof option on the stadium, you'd want to use it, wouldn't you? Just next time you build a stadium, just put a roof option on. I mean, I think Ireland calculated that the roof makes it louder and the atmosphere will be more of a cauldron, so they'd rather take the risk, but it didn't work well because mm. they passed and kicked horribly in the wet conditions and didn't adapt to them at all, so yeah, bad thing, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems a bit silly if the option's there not to use mm. it. But I, I suppose I can see that it, both sides should agree. But um, yeah, it's a gamble that, that definitely backfired badly for Ireland. Um, speaking of uh, things that backfired, um, England uh, <laughs> raced into a <laughs> glorious thirty-one uh, 0 lead, mm. playing some absolutely scintillating attacking rugby. Try after try, bonus point was up after twenty-eight minutes. I think it was. Mm. Um, Looked glorious, and then um, then Scotland happened. Uh, England managed to blow the thirty-one point lead. Uh, Scotland came back uh, to the tune of thirty-eight points, and looked like they were going to nick a you know, quite astounding, famous win. Uh, when England, uh, much to my delight, or more relief really, more a, a cold relief as I jumped up in my front room and sort of after sat down and thought, "Why am I celebrating this draw?" Well, you, you, uh, you weren't the only one. Everyone piled on George Ford when you uh, when you got that. You know, I'm fair play. You know, he got a famous draw against Scotland. It's, It'll be, it'll be a draw that goes down in the um, in the history books that everyone will remember for a long time. So you know why not celebrate it? It, it certainly was a memorable game um, <laughs> for for a lot of reasons. But um, perhaps highlighted once again, I suppose this is a question I'll ask. Uh, England blow a thirty-one point lead. They blew a only a seven-point lead against Wales, but probably had chance. But more on that, they blew leads against New Zealand. Uh, blew a couple of big ones against South Africa last year. I think yep. I heard Aaron Farrell under Farrell's captain six five. Yeah, Leeds blown in 19 games <laughs> are England uh, too fragile for World Cup success yes can <laughs> <laughs> elaborate um, yeah I, I, I think um, you, you talk about Wales and, and where they are at the moment going into the tournament so we said about them with the big the big mo the big momentum um, England <laughs> where do you go from this tournament I mean they, on paper they, they finished second um in the Six Nations that you think well that's that's not a bad not the worst result but if you dig dig deep into the, after, especially after the start against Ireland um, where they uh, yeah went to the to the most difficult difficult game perhaps apart from Wales and um, got the result there and you thought well it's all set up for England now and then they just uh, I mean Ca- Captain Farrell um, he's been the he's been the, the problem isn't he he's, he's undoubtedly a world class player but um, put the captaincy on him and he, his head just blows he uh, if, if, if I was an Englishman I'd, I'd want him in the team but I wouldn't want him anywhere near the captaincy just get him to concentrate on his own game bring back Dylan is that what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. I don't, well, if, if Dylan can stay from being banned for uh, for the World Cup then I suppose you'd want him in Um but yeah, there must be. Is there nobody else you've got on the on the field who can be a better captain? I suppose it, 
I, um, I, I agree. I don't think Farrell's been a good captain. I don't like him as a captain. I think he does enough with the game. He's fly-off kicker. He sets off the back division. Um, yeah, kicks goals, kicks the restarts. He's, he's got enough on his plate and hasn't shown that good a leadership. And, um, yeah, seems to... Well, he does it anyway, but I don't know if he, he, he perhaps gets worse when he's captain. He seems to try and set a physical tone with his um, <laughs> upright tackling. Um, upright? You mean the no-arms yeah. tackle again? I mean, he got away with it against... Uh, was it South Africa? He got away with it um, in, the, in the autumn. But, the, but the, yeah, the one on the weekend... I don't think it should have been a red, um, but it, it certainly should have been a yellow, shouldn't it? No, I don't know about yellow. It's late and silly. It's a penalty. But there's no um, arms. But, uh, yeah, there was no arm coming. There was no arms. Um, it, was, it was effectively a shoulder charge that was late and it hit the head. And it, it's, if he'd gone for the charge down, then it'd have been an arm up in the air. But there wasn't an arm up in the air, so you can't say it was a charge down. If it was a, I don't think it was late. I think it was just it was a no arm tackle. I'm not sure. It wasn't late. It was as as Russell kicks the ball. You put it in real time. If you, you put it in super slow mo, anything looks it, uh, looks like it's late. But well, it it was late because the ball had gone. As he hits him, he's kicking it away. Oh, no! You can't pull. You can't pull he, out of every challenge if you're already committed to it. Yeah, you know, that, that, these people are going hurtling at miles at serious speeds. They're not going to be able to suddenly pull out of a challenge. No, I agree. But it, but Russell had kicked the ball, and that's where that's where. So if. If what you're saying is Russell had held on to the ball, that would have been a definite red. Because there's no arms. No, I don't think no, no, no arms tackle necessarily means a red card. It just it can be, it's just a no arms tackle. It doesn't, yeah. that, that's not, it's not rules, isn't this? And it's a red card if it's no arms But tackle. it is if it's a shoulder charge, it's shoulder charge to the head on a no arms tackle. Look at um, Sonny Bill in the, uh, in the Lions game. He didn't charge his head, he charged into his body. Who? Sonny Bill or Farrell? Farrell. Yeah, it was, it was close to his head, wasn't it? It wasn't his head, but we're getting off topic anyway. <laughs> Farrell, uh, Farrell doesn't know how to tackle without that much we know. But um, but I suppose the, the point being is that he he does, um, yeah, he does seems to do silly things as captain. It doesn't seem to be uh, set up well for him. Mm. Uh, I suppose the other, I mean, I really like Dylan Hartley. I mean, uh, George has played very well. Um, I still. I still wonders about his line out throwing at big pressure moments, but he, he's played very well and certainly he's more active around the field than Hartley ever was, if not as good as line out throwing. Mm. And England seem to be a bit more calm with Hartley though. Um, but then you, you probably look at someone like Itoje, who himself has, has had plenty of moments of indiscipline in England shirt and, and that, does give away more penalties than he ever does with Saracen. And that's unproven as well, isn't uh, it? I suppose that's the problem now. Is is there a six months from a World Cup? Is there a club captain who can um, who can step up to be international captain? I mean, uh, yeah, Hartley would be the obvious one if he's playing, but Law Laws has captain Northampton, but then does Laws get in the side? Cruz has played very well. Um, yeah, Billy's been a vice-captain for a while, but he's never captained as far as I know. Mm. Um, Billy wouldn't be a bad shout, because he's definitely going to play. He's, he's he's only got one job, really, isn't he? Gary, Gary, Gary. He's very good at what he does. Um, he's got a very laid-back kind of personality, isn't he? Would he be someone you trust with a captaincy? I mean, Warburton doesn't never struck me as particularly rah rah go about and get up and always, always seemed. I mean, not he, well, maybe laid backs are on, but he, he just seemed quite quiet. Mm. Maybe, maybe a bit inter- more intense than Villafola, but he, he wasn't like you know rah rah get behind me. And for all that we eulogised Martin Johnson, he would always say that he didn't ever do big speeches. He just got on with it, which is what Billy does. Mm. So 
So well, I probably want a Billy or Marrow, but like you say, it's not ideal to be picking a new captain six months out from a World yeah. Cup. Um, I think it, it can be overrated. And I suppose the bigger point is not so much that um, that Farrell isn't the best at it, but it's you know the best sides have you know a group of them. You've got Alan Wynn, but you also have Hadley Partley in your defensive line. You have you know Tipperick's yeah. quite an experienced player now and seems very important to your defensive player. Liam Williams appears and just seems to go. Ken Owens drives in the front. You've got a, a series of players who seem to know their jobs and doing well and get the other players. Yeah. In the team doing well, um, but it's a, and you say you're right in saying that captaincy isn't the biggest issue, but it 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 sets the tone, doesn't it, for the rest of it? So there's been a lot of issues with England's ill discipline, not necessarily with the um, doing stuff that should be penalised, but for their you know poor tackling or allowing Scotland to come back into the game. I mean that's that's clear um, issues, isn't there? Then somebody the captain would be the one that would be setting the tone and. Um, I don't know, taking some time out of the game or just doing something sensible to, to bring the troops back on board, wouldn't they? Yeah, the captain or the team, you know, should be when you when Scotland are going over for like maybe the second try, mm. uh, in the you know, just get behind the post and then you you have a minute or two to talk and what we're going to do about this? Let's take the pace and let's take the wind out of this game. And we, we didn't really. We carried on trying to play a helter skelter game and it cost us. And yeah, it's it's. Um, it's poor that you let your foot off the gas, if, but it's human as well. But you don't let the foot off the gas for the whole half. You do it for ten minutes, have a bad ten minutes, and we didn't turn that around. And, mm. and Fit Finn Russell was mercurial, um, but he's, um, he's he's not a player you let get front for a ball like that when we were uh, when we were dominating like we were. And then, um, if I'm going to be optimistic, there was a beautiful, lovely opening half an hour we played, um, which was which was glorious. And um, I think. That would be my hope in this. You know, we've shown the best attacking ability of any side in this Six Nation. We've scored, shed loads of tries and shown some real good ability in that regard. But, um, yeah, letting you back in the game and, and letting Scotland back in the game is, uh, yeah, it's bloody worrying, really. And it just, yeah, develop, leaders aren't developed in seconds. Uh, they're not developed in a game or two. They, you know, they take time. And um, we're up against it with that now, really. I, I think, like I say, if I'm being optimistic, our... Our peaks in this Six Nations have been very good, mm. um, but um, and I think, uh, yeah, talking about the seeding and floor thing again, uh, we can definitely sink lower than you, but I, I think our best is probably better than your best, but you need to be consistent to win a World Cup, and we're not there. No. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll always be optimistic and think there's definitely a, a very good side there building, and there's some bloody good players, and a, yeah, pretty fierce pack, and a very strong defence it seems to be building. I don't know what we did against Scotland, I don't think that's really that seems to make it a defence. Uh, and definitely a very strong attack, but um, yeah, unless we can get some people who can just sort of, uh, yeah, cynically win a game, cynically do some things that need to be done, then it could all be. Um, be for naught really so but then you've got you've, yeah, got, you've okay. got one of the most cynical managers is it, is it come from management is that the issues so if you're saying you've got all the personnel there is it come from on top I think he's got a bit um, some brunt of it and I think he probably got outfought by Gatlin in that game but I also think he, he very much outfought Schmidt in that game so he, I think Eddie has an interesting tactical mind and how did he get on against McGregor yeah good but uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> I, 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 I can't imagine Jones winning at half time and said lads take your foot off the gas now so I, I, I don't know if I blame him particularly for that one I think he, he he's definitely and the new attack coach have definitely set up a very dynamic attack but 
I wonder if he, he seems to, I mean, against you, he seems to have a pretty stringent game plan, and I wonder if, if that stifles uh, players taking ownership of decisions somewhat. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Farrell has, has kicked more and more this tournament than he perhaps ever has before, and so you think that can't all come from just Farrell thinking it's always the best kick. Maybe there's some tactics in that. I don't think Jones is a bad tactical manager at all. I think he's done... Very good jobs from you know going back to 2003 when he took New Zealand apart in the semis to Japan at the last World Cup and you know Ireland this Six Nations and Scotland for half an hour and, and you know France he identified a weakness quickly so he, he's not an idiot tactically mm. by any stretch but um, maybe it's something about players being empowered enough um, he you know he's, he's built um, I suppose what he finally wants now he's kind of got that side that's just a, a power driven we're going to smash over you and that's that's probably what England have always historically done well we've never been the flashiest back division although we've had some great players um, it's just and, and and that's very hard to stop for a lot of teams and most sides won't, won't uh, hold up well against that physical assault um, but then yeah when it comes to finishing a game that we're not necessarily battering someone a game line someone to plan you know game plans defensively well like you did what do we do then mm. how do we close out a game how do we Kick at sensible times in game field position rather than just kicking the ball away or get or Farrell getting charged down, which he seems to have done a few times this tournament, which worries you. Or just um, so I think there's or Farrell passing it to the, to the Scottish centre. Yeah, it's not the best, and then or yeah, pass it to the hooker, and then no one decides to tackle him for God knows how long. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, um, he definitely had a bad second half. I got to go, like you say, I've got no worries about Farrell as a player. I think he's superb, but um, yeah, leadership. So. Optimistically, uh, I'll say that we still could pull out a World Cup if things went right. But they, yeah, the mental side is definitely worrying. Um, and I'll stick that way on to probably the last side we'll cover of the Six Nations. Um, Ireland, who came in as heavy favourites, mm. um, were probably expected to win the tournament. Grand Slam was perhaps going to be hard as that to go to your place, um, which is never easy for them. But uh, you know, six months ago we were talking about them as in you know when we were first doing the pod, Gareth at the Ultimate Nationals. We've, um, as probably the best side in the world after they beat New Zealand or, mm. or certainly you know 1A and 1B the two of them uh, or 1 and 1A um, and now we come to them and they got battered by England they got battered by Wales they um, yeah they had a half decent half against France but weren't very good against Italy were alright against Scotland uh, have have Ireland hit their peak? well um yeah, it, it's pretty odd with Ireland. Even after the England game, I, I still expected Ireland to to come come back good. And um, I mean, they didn't just get beat by us, did they? They got absolutely dominated by us. Um, and that's a lot of a lot from their mistakes, not just our good play. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying it was all us. Ireland um, were just all over the shop, and they can't blame the weather. Um, you can blame Sexton losing his head, um, but. Yeah, they've just. I mean, you sent a text round to our WhatsApp group saying uh, how strong the Irish side were um, pre-game, and, and they did. On paper, they just looked, they looked almost unbeatable. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't really know where it's gone wrong for Ireland. Um, I think there's, there's again as it's left England in um, all sorts of tatters going into the World Cup. I think Ireland even more so. Um, they had a, a great game plan. They had a great. Um, well, they were just they were just very good over the park, weren't they? Their attack um, was very good. Stockdale was uh, looking at this sort of mercurial talent who was going to um, going to lead them to to do well in the World Cup, and it just seems to have in six weeks it seems to have all kind of 
gone really. They they were poor against Scotland, um, but they came through that. Uh, they weren't great against Italy. Uh, they well, they, they started off well against Italy, and then Italy brought them back to make it look a um, a respectable score. Um, the France game probably was their most impressive, was it? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then you know, obviously England and, and then Wales. Um, yeah, just. Just, they just they just don't look like the island side that we expected at all. Um, I, <laughs> they have struggled in World Cups historically. They've never got past uh, never got past the quarters of the. Um, no, not quite. Yeah. I, I I expected them to get past the quarters, but but now, um, yeah, I think I think some some big things need to change. I, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I couldn't really put my finger on where I think they need to change, but something the same players that were very good six months ago suddenly not looking as good. And I suppose that doesn't happen overnight, and maybe it's just a bit of bad form, but yeah, worrying six months out of the World Cup, isn't it? And that's got to be your hope, I think, if you're Ireland. I don't think um, your players have suddenly got old overnight. They're not they're a grizzled old experienced team, but I don't think the players have suddenly got old and over the hill mm. and I think you've got to look at um, you know the, where their game plan stems from which is always six of the, six of the Murray controlling where you play the game mm. and they've both been well below their best the kicking's been awful and they've just it's been started from that really and um, alright they they came up against a very good England side who were just ferocious at them and just knocked them back and they were probably taken a bit off guard but you could say they shouldn't have been but um, not many sides would have held up to that physical challenge Um but then, yeah, they never seem to never seem to be able to get their physicality back, really. And, and they were, like you say, I said to you about that side. You look at that pack uh, one to eight on on Saturday. It was better than yours, I think, if you look on paper. But mm. it, it didn't didn't show any. It certainly didn't knock Wales back. The scrum got knocked around. You know, the scrum was was a very good scrum six months ago. And now they they're just not. They don't seem as physical. They're not charging over the contact line there's no one really ball carrying yeah, effectively Jamie Omani was, was, was non-existent and that's Omani was like you know one of the best players in the world when he was playing for the White Lions and um, yeah I don't think he I don't know whether he even won a breakdown <laughs> Sean, Sean O'Brien the same one of the best yeah. carriers probably in world rugby as a, as a forward and, and didn't really have any rampage in Charles CJ Stander very good carrier not there James Ryan was the talk of the world of world rugby suppose, six months ago and it's been decent but not and and Ty Furlong and I've yeah. there's a whole <laughs> we're, we're all talking players who we were talking as world class not long ago. Mm, Tad um, Byrne as well. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a bit newer, but he's a very. He's, good player oh, he was, well, he was, was player of the year for for Scarlet last year. So. Um, yeah, but I, I think it probably start, I think it probably starts the halfbacks both being a level below, and then they just haven't been able to get um, their physicality back. And I, I, I don't think it's gone for them, and I don't think they're suddenly idiots, but. Mm. Um, they'll have to hope that they can have a quick rethink and hope six and Murray get back into better form, um, put it behind. And, and they haven't got the the toughest World Cup group. You know, Scotland, um, if they play like I think a second half, Scotland <laughs> could could be anyone. And Finn, Finn Russell's a potential, you know, he's a superstar when he wants to be mm. um, on the right day. But I think Ireland should probably match up quite well with Scotland. Never good for them. And then it's not, um, and then it's on to the quarters where they could get South Africa, um, which would be an interesting game. Mm. But um, yeah, they, they they need to probably say we're not a bad side, and, and a few people have been off form. And it, you know, the, the margins are pretty, are very slim at that level. You you go down at one percent here or there, 
Um, you know, you saw England do it last year, but suddenly weren't as good for a bit, and they got beaten by three teams. You know, uh, Ireland this year a little bit below what they were, sort of autumn last and six, and you know their Grand Slam last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, it soon falls, but um, I I don't think they'll go away as quietly as they have the Six Nations in the World Cup. But um, but yeah, certainly some thinking to do, and I don't think it, it needs wholesale changes at all. No. Just. Um, Probably all focus on going back to what they do well, but perhaps are developing a little bit if if Sex and Murray aren't quite pinpoint kicking. Mm. Um, what do, what do we do then? Kind of thing. Um, and I think they'll work out. They're a good side, but um, yeah, all leads to a, a very interesting uh, World Cup coming up, Gareth. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll come to that later in the year. Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed covering the Six Nations, so uh, well done with that. No. I'm a, it can have quite happily go away. Uh, if, you just, if it just ended after the first couple of weeks, Gareth, all would have been well. Um, but uh, unfortunately, that's not how it works. Uh, but on to football. Uh, City march on in the cup. Um, so I've got one to Gareth. Uh, and we can sort of lead this into the, the Champions League quarter-final. Quarter uh, are City going to win the quadruple? Yeah, I wouldn't say they marched on in the cup. I think they um, they tripped over and somehow managed to... I think they were thrown through into the cup. They, they, were, uh, they were poor kids, Swansea and... Got the help of a, a bit of a, a dodgy decision, um, but uh, and then a little bit of class from Aguero at the end. But um, but yeah, no, City. Like you say, the are they they are still very much on for the quadruple. Um, Premier League, they're they're no longer top, um, although that's probably uh, only going to be for a short period of time. Uh, Champions League, they got Spurs. Um, uh, I can't see Spurs knocking City out, can you? No, uh, over a single game, Spurs might have a chance, but over two legs, no. Um, and yeah, probably this season, not a single game, I wouldn't back them. Mm-hmm. But Spurs, Spurs have shown some ability to rise in the last few seasons, but um, no, Spurs aren't going to beat City, I don't think. Mm. So yeah, so, um, so the, the, the quadruple is very much on. Uh, well, yeah, let's, um, yeah, uh, you, you wasn't the best performance, but now they're looking at a FA Cup with what um, Wolves, Watford, and Brighton left. Yeah. So, yeah, favourites there. Uh, Premiership will, you know, will roll on and on. But yeah, the rest of the Champions League, your boys got a pr- pretty favourable draw against Porto. Um, yeah, yeah, Juventus got got Ajax and uh, United Barca. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, say so City do. Um, do beat Spurs as we assume. Where 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 are the big threats coming from after that? Uh, well, they they then play the uh, the winner of um, Ajax Juventus, don't they? So if if they do come through Spurs, they they play. You'd fancy probably Juventus, otherwise Ajax were very impressive against Madrid. So maybe you shouldn't shouldn't write Ajax off. Um, but then Ronaldo, you know, it, it's all setting up for Ronaldo to take Juventus to uh, to Champions League glory, isn't it? Um, I mean, there is an irony if Juventus did get to the. Get to the Champions League final and, and win it. I know we're, we're way away from that yet, yeah, but if they did, um, Buffon left in the summer, didn't he, to uh, to go to to PSG? <laughs> yes, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, PSG have already been knocked out. So, um, but yeah, no. So if City win, um, as I I would expect them to beat Spurs uh, over two legs, and then I think they'll play Juve. Um, and the other side of the draw, yeah, I expect us to beat Porto. Very pleased with the Porto draw. Um, but yeah, expect us to beat Porto over two legs and then probably play Barca. Um, I can't see United beating Barca. Um, although Barca hasn't been that impressive um, 
Well, I say they've not been that impressive. They've not. I mean, they missed Messi and have a hat trick at the weekend, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, um, I don't know whether you saw, but the, the third goal was a, a chip from the edge of the area. Um, set up to, to get the hat trick, and then all the because they were away at Betis, and all the Betis fans were uh, were standing up cheering Messi. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's some player, isn't he? Um, he's a, he's not bad. I mean, maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the final him be Ronaldo again. I was hearing on on one of our rival podcasts, another podcast, Gareth. That, uh, <laughs> Um, Messi and Ronaldo between them have won nine Champions League huh. uh, Champions Leagues sorry um, which is yeah not not bad um, yeah but um, yeah I think City it, it seems a reasonably open Champions League draw compared to past no Real obviously Bayern not, not there anymore hmm. um, yeah I mean your boys I, I hoped maybe the Premiership would distract you a bit but um, you were very impressive winning against Bayern Munich and um yeah, Porto, you think would be a path to the semis, and then yeah, Barcelona, United, both you know, both teams that could beat you, but both teams that you think you could beat as well. I'm mm, sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I think Barcelona be an interesting. Barcelona United be really interesting because I don't think we've got a full reflection of how good Barcelona are at the moment. Because like I say, the the Spanish league this season seems to be um, well, a bit poor really. <laughs> um, Oh my word, I've just watched that messy goal. Uh, someone else told me, said about, well, my word, he's not bad, is he? No, he's not. Um, Has he done that? No, just, oh, just, just, just thinking to do that, the ball coming up. Yeah, oh, he's very just good. Casual trip to the corner. Well, it just comes off the underside of the crossbar, doesn't it? It does, very nicely done. But yeah, no, Barca, sorry, you were saying about, yeah, they've pretty much dominated the Spanish league this year, mm. which um, perhaps yeah, means they can perhaps concentrate on the. Um, on the Champions League a bit yeah, more. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to play. Probably prefer to play United um, in the next round if if I could have my way. But um, and yeah, maybe Ollie uh, going to back to the new camp um, evoke some memories and maybe United will get results out there. But uh, yeah, I, if, if, yeah, I can't see it really. I think it'd be uh, Barcelona for one one semi and City Juve the other. And from there, I don't know. Probably Liverpool are probably the the fourth fourth choice, fourth favourites out of those four, aren't they? Um, but maybe we'll uh, we'll look at that a bit more in depth when we when we get closer to it. Yeah, uh, I think we shall. Uh, we'll we'll pop over to the barmaid Gareth, and a bit of a controversial one this week. Perhaps uh, branch out into some oh, naughty topics. But uh, <laughs> we had one from had one from uh, Tom in Flintshire, who uh, asked. Um, with Adam Johnson soon to be released uh, from prison, uh, how long will it take for uh, a club to sign him and then unsign him? <laughs> yeah, I think um, <laughs> it's, it's, I suppose it's similar to the. Well, it's not similar, but um, well, it's similar to little ways to um, how the Chad Evans thing played out. Uh, Chad Evans was uh, convicted, or was he? He was convicted initially, wasn't he? And then um, of of rape, and then uh, came back. And I think I don't know whether he got some part of his thing overturned. But anyway, he came back to to play football, and a couple of clubs tried signing. I think Sheffield were one of them, or one of the more vocal ones. Um, and uh, looked like they had signed him only for Jessica Ennis Hill, and um, yeah, to to say to the board, well, you can take my name off the stand if he if he um, is signed for you, and. Yeah, quickly. Uh, Ted Evans was brought was uh, was packed on his on his way, um, and a couple of other clubs sniffed around him, and then I think eventually he ended up at 
Um, you go somewhere before Chesterfield. I know you ended up at Chesterfield, but you may have gone somewhere before that. Um, and and once once he signed for Chesterfield and the kind of the furore kind of died down, and um, he did really well for Chesterfield and uh, backed loads of goals for them. And although he got abuse every time he went to uh, anywhere near the away support, he uh, yeah got his head down and I think he earned his, his move. Um, I can't remember where he went after Chesterfield now. In fact, he didn't go back to Sheffield United, did he? Did he go back for a second or for be a third run, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure he went back there. Anyway, he left Chesterfield and went and went somewhere else. Um, no, he did go back to Sheffield. You're yeah. right. Yeah, he went to Sheffield for uh, nine games and he then went to on loan at Fleetwood, where he still is now, and he scored uh, 13 in 33. Ah, under the stewardship of Joey Barton. Um, Indeed, but yeah. Um, yeah, it is a very similar situation, but to, to talk about it in relation to Adam Johnson, um, yeah, obviously he, his was underage as well, mm-hmm. which adds another element of um, of horror and worry and revulsion. I think the you know fans and, and yeah, the general public will will think about him. Um, and from a practical point of view, um, wouldn't he have to? They'd be he wouldn't be able to like be at the same facility as the youth team or anything like that, would he? Uh, he'd be on the sex offenders register, would it? Uh, you'd have to report that. What the club would then do with that uh, would be their decision, I would guess, wouldn't it? Uh, they, I mean, he'd have to. Re- no, he wouldn't even have to report. It would be reported, mm. wouldn't it? Um, it'd be passed on to the club and whether they'd think it was safe. But then, yeah, would it? Would it be a surprise if you know someone, a team who's got a, a, a youth women's football team, don't want John? You know, if, if if I was a mother or father of them, would I complain about Adam Johnson coming to? Yeah, I think mm, I would. Yeah. Um, and so. Who does a side take a chance in that in that instance? Do they do they dare? Yeah, I mean, is it? I know it's crude when it comes to this, but is it worth a bad PR? Um, probably not. <laughs> but let's um, let's be honest here. Uh, bad PR is one thing. Um, winning sports games is another, and um, it's been shown that if you've got enough talent um, someone will usually give you a chance somewhere and Adam Johnson probably never lived up to quite the heights we thought when he was sort of a 20 year old coming through and he was talked about as going to be England's um, probably well potential answer to left sided problems or a good midfield option for many years and he, he never hit that but he's he's a good footballer mm. um, he, and he could potentially come out and you know say that I've, I've changed and I've turned it around and I've had time to reflect and blah blah and um Let's not get into whether he deserves a second chance or not. You can, we'll either listen to decide that, mm. but will a team take a chance because, um, because yeah, because they need a player and they need an option there and um, are prepared to take a bit of, I guess their gamble is a bit of a, hot, a load of shit at the start, a load of Twitter con- controversy, and then it will fade out if he puts a few good performances. Mm. In. Well, that, Cause, um, cause that's it, why I mentioned Chad Evans because I think that you know that's, that's effectively what happened to Chad. So. I wouldn't be surprised if if somebody does gamble on him, um, take that initial hit, and then and then reap the rewards. Yeah, um, I think it was. I I wouldn't be shocked if he did go to a, did what Cheddar did as well. He we went to a club and then didn't last very long. Um, and yeah, kind of, <laughs> um, a club might sign him back down, but I think he will get a chance somewhere ultimately, and. Um, and yeah, we have to see if he if he still has got the talent, or if he's still prepared to put the work in, or if he is a lost cause really. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, it's an interesting one, and um, yeah, well, say you can make your own decision on whether he deserves a, a second chance or not, or what he has to do. But um, yeah, I think ultimately, if, if you're if you're good enough, someone will take a chance on you, and and yeah, whether that's uh, morally abhorrent is um, is is relevant. But uh, yeah, I think some someone one of the ninety two clubs somewhere will do it. Yeah. Um, and let's see if if Johnson wants to take that chance or or carry on being. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, a human being that most people wouldn't be a fan of. Mm. Um, but we'll move that on to uh, the boxing, probably last thing we'll talk about this weekend. Um, probably had the first super fight of the year. I say super fight, it was a super fight that probably didn't quite um, like the public's imagination as perhaps as much as the talents of, of the two boxers deserve. But mm. yeah, perhaps the first one of the year, which was two real big worldwide world champion names. Um, Errol Spence took on Mikey Garcia. Um, and yeah, um, it was on ITV4, so it was always possible for everyone to watch it uh, in the in the small hours of, of Saturday morning. But yeah, what was talked about as um, Spence perhaps being too big for Garcia, but Garcia being a very live um, underdog who, who you know has um, yeah moved up the weight divisions with class and, and has beaten plenty of good fighters. Uh, was unbeaten up going into that fight. Um, was a was an absolutely one sided beatdown <laughs> for. Um, for poor Mikey, as uh, yeah, Errol Spence dominated him from start to finish, won every round. I thought, I thought you could have perhaps given Garcia the second, but maybe I was being kind. Mm. Um, but yeah, just just watching it all night. Um, yeah, Garcia, yeah, he just just he, he couldn't stop getting hit. Really, Gar Spence um, was sort of meant to be seen as the bigger, more powerful guy, a very good boxer. Who was perhaps not going to be as good in this fight, but he out he outpowered and out boxed him and. Mm. Um, I saw saw Manny Pacquiao got in the ring afterwards, and Spence was uh, was asking for that fight, and then Manny was saying he'd potentially be interested. Um, would Pacquiao be mad to want to fight Errol Spence, Gareth? Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I suppose it'd be it'd be it'd be well sold, and yeah, it'd be a great fight that would again capture uh, the the weird one about this this fight though um, is it, it just wasn't publicised anywhere. I mean, ICV they've not done a very good job there, have they? Did they did they get the fight late or something? Or why why did they? Why was it so, well, so little known about the fight? Is it just because the boxers aren't really that well known? I think yeah, probably a bit, uh, not not the biggest names, but yeah, um, you'd you'd have thought, give it a yeah, it, it's a big two two big name, mm. but bigish names and not non monstrous names, and yeah, you've got it on for free TV and ITV are trying to get back in the boxing game, aren't they? Mm. Um, no, yeah, that that was bizarre, but um, yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, in Pacquiao, for Ferrero Spencer's view, yeah, fight Pacquiao day long. Mm. I think he'd batter him, and I think it'd be his best payday we might ever get. Um, but yeah, Pacquiao, 40 years old, uh, you've got better things to do than going yeah. there a young, hungry fight like that. But What about Crawford? Which seems to the second. Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about him. So you got you got their first Gareth. Uh, that's probably what. Well, that is the one that I'd love to see, and I think perhaps most boxing fans would really. Um, your Spence looked majestic at the weekend, but if you ever watch Crawford, um, he he looks just as good, um, and and perhaps I'll probably say perhaps more skillful than Spence, if if not as powerful. Although, although Spence, I think, showed at the weekend that he's a serious boxer too, and he um, he caused Garcia all sorts of problems being a, a southpaw. His, his left hand, straight left hand, just couldn't miss. Mm. But but Crawford's a different animal, um, and is also a supreme boxer, and, and so that then becomes. A really, really interesting fight, and, and it's probably as good as you know. Probably, I don't think there'd be a fight I'd like to see more other than 
you, you big heavyweight boys. Other than, we can um, talk about them another time. What about Carl Crawford though? Surely that's high up there in, in a fight that you want to see. Yeah, I mean, this is all assuming that, that Crawford gets past Khan. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that assumption. Um, I, I hope, I mean, you shock me, but I'm not expecting it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than, other than uh, Joshua, the Fury Wilder and, and Rand again, and, and possibly Golovkin, Canelo free, although we've already seen that twice, I think, I think Spence and Crawford is as good as is as good as there is out there, but again, they're on different TV networks, and will it happen? Um, and the, the problem with them too is that as good as they are, they're they're not the biggest names, um, mm. and so then that becomes a smaller purse to divide up, and then that TV companies will come together for something monstrous like a Lewis Tyson, but for a Spence Crawford, yeah, mm. uh, yeah, it's concerning. I really hope it does happen, and I hope it's it's too good, and they both want to fight each other, and they both want to fight each other. Yeah. Shown that in the career so far, they've both both done that. But um, yeah, certainly hope it does happen, um, and we shall see. And Garcia, um, he could go back down and go look for a, a Lomachenko, a nice easy <laughs> like um, Lomachenko, for example. Well, has he not been running from Lomachenko though? He, he ran up to get a Spence, <laughs> and he realised uh, yeah, Spence gives him a proper beating. At least Lomachenko won't hit as hard. Um, yeah. Um, but no, he'll be he'll be back. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's a very good fighter, but he, he bit off more than he could chew. And thought the guy was too big. Mm. Um, and yeah, um, but yeah, Spence. Uh, let's hope he let's hope he can get Crawford in the ring. Um, and if not, even at a fight like a Keith Thurman's, it's still a very interesting yeah. fight. Mm. Um, uh, lastly, we'll just cover. Uh, you may have heard uh, last week we did a, a brief uh, sport on tap. Uh, it's going to be. A semi-regular feature from us coming on. Um, yeah, we'll cover some different live sporting events we go to in quite short podcasts and just give, bring you a little bit of coverage where we're at. Um, there'll be another one coming this week from uh, my trip to Cheltenham last week to enjoy the races. I actually, actually won some money, Gareth. You'll be shocked to know. Yeah, I'm shocked to know, yeah. Um... <laughs> I, I won money that day. I didn't say I won money every day. Um, <laughs> but it was a good day. But yeah, um, we'll do sport on tap and uh, also from uh, your... Uh, a partial season to hold up places like Liverpool, aren't you, Gareth? So, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, well, uh, that'll be an upcoming thing we do. Um, but that'll probably be all for this week. Uh, like I say, please uh, give us a rating review on uh, your Apple uh, podcast or wherever you listen to them. Uh, please send any barmaid questions you have for next week. Mm. Um, and yeah, we'll um, we'll bring it on to preview, Gareth. But I'll, we'll enjoy the international sports weekend this weekend. As uh, England Wales take on the might of Czechoslovakia. Uh, yeah, in, that's in right. Two yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, bit of a bit of a political joke, was it? Um, yeah, it was being hilarious. <laughs> we got Trinidad and Tobago first, but um, but yeah, then we take on Slovakia. Um, yeah, I th- yeah, I don't think it's going to be. Um, Gonna have the same intensity as what the uh, most of the sport around the, or most of the football around this time of the year does have, but but there we go. Indeed. Uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to this fellow weekend and see what we can come back with next week. But uh, on that, thanks for listening. All yeah, thanks very much. See you next week. Bye.